And now it gets personal. Because in comparison, eventually, it always does. It's only a matter of time. When you're comparing your life with someone else's life. They're married, you're single. You're single and wish you weren't. Or maybe you're married and they're single. And you're married and asking why. You compare your kids with their kids. They got kids. I don't have kids. The list goes on and on and on. Their money with your money. Their stuff with your stuff. Their status. You compare your friends with their friends. You compare the fact that they actually have friends. (laughs) Your skills to their skills. The opportunities you have versus the opportunities they have. You compare education. You compare how happy you know you are or are not with how happy you know they always seem to be, which isn't it interesting you always assume they're much happier than you are. And you compare your struggles with their struggles, and you almost always assume that your struggles are so much greater than theirs and they have it so much easier. It's only a matter of time, though, before you begin to internalize this, and I begin to internalize this, and we turn in, and it gets really personal. And we begin to think things like this. Well, it must be because of me. What's wrong with me? Why can't I have, and you fill in the blank, like them. Why can't my life be, and you fill in the blank, like theirs? Why me, and, and why now, and... I work so hard and I try so hard and I pray so hard and it must be because of me. What's wrong with my life that I can't experience what they experience? See, you turn in, it gets personal, and nobody has to teach you how to do this. No one has to give you permission to do this. You just do this. And here's something odd we do. We, we take it to extremes. We compare extremes. And we do it so quickly. Right? For some people, you compare down. You compare your best to their worst. You feel superior. Makes yourself feel good. You pat yourself on the back. As if you're a little bit more than they are. Yeah. It's it's just a sneaky way of displaying pride, actually. And to be quite honest, it's why we all watch reality TV. Right? He's like, man, I feel real good about myself now after watching them. This is great. You compare down. I would say most people, though, however, compare up. You compare your worst with their best, and as a result, you feel inferior. That you don't measure up. You feel less than. You feel bad about yourself and feel shame. Now, We've all done both of these extremes. And there's probably somebody in your life that you compare down to, and there's somebody in your life you compare up to, and what's crazy, somebody compares down to you and somebody compares up to you. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Personality figures into this, and even though we've all done this, there's probably one of these that you default to more times than not. Maybe you're the kind of person that you really do. You wouldn't come right out and say it, But you really do think you're better than other people. And you can pick up on it. I'd say most of us, though, are constantly comparing up. 
We feel less than. It's all such a waste. It's all such an unnecessary waste of energy and emotion and time and opportunity. And to be quite honest, there's this thing in our lives that makes this so much worse. And it's so hard to beat this because of this thing that most all of us have. And we carry it in our pockets. We're in our purse. That smartphone. It's our addiction and dependence on technology. Now there's so much good about it. But man, I tell you what, it can get the best of you real quick if you're not careful. And you'll find yourself comparing down or, or comparing up. I heard this not long ago and I thought it was just fascinating. He said, used to in the past, our phones had leashes, but we were free. And now our phones are free and we have leashes. Right? You, you know what that feels like? You feel tied? Now, some of you, for some of you that are young, this is the first time you've ever seen this contraption right here. <laughs> What's that little squiggly thing on the side of it there? That's a cord. And, and back in my day, the idea was to have one of these that was about 20 feet long in the house. So your sister, you know, when she needed to have some a little private time with whoever she was talking to on the other side, your little sister, she would stretch this thing. It'd go about 40 feet. It'd go around that corner, around that corner, around that corner, under the coffee table, over the, down, and down the stairs. Just a, a two, you could, yep, she's sitting on the steps. And so you couldn't hear, so you just go to the other phone in the house and pick it up real slow and just listen. <laughs> See, that's the way it used to happen, right? Isn't it great? Don't you, anybody else miss listening on somebody else's calls other than me? <laughs> It's just, if you, it's a rite of passage to be a big brother and do that stuff. Anybody else feel tied to this thing that's supposed to bring freedom to us? Doesn't help, does it? No. And here's what's so nasty about it, is that we begin to see what everybody else has and what everybody else does. And I don't think our minds were ever meant to handle all of that information. I mean, years ago, before this stuff, and this is not wishing for the good old days, because trust me, I love being able to do everything I can do on this smartphone. I love my smartphone, and I never thought I would, but I do. I do. I love that thing. There's so many great things you can do with it. But used to, you, would, you could see what your neighbors had. George got a new truck. What about that? Oh, she, she got some new clothes. You could see her unloading it and got the bags and all this kind of stuff because she'd been to Penny's. She'd been to Belk's. You know, when you actually went to a store and you'd come back with the stuff and it wasn't in a brown box from the Amazon and all that stuff. And it's just back in the old days. You could actually see what people got and what a couple of people had. But nowadays, you open your phone and you can see what everybody has. And what everybody's got. And I don't think our minds were ever meant to contain all that information. Because here's what we do. We start deriving meaning and value and worth. We compare down. We compare up. Just all so unnecessary. I don't know if you're familiar with the group Chainsmokers. They just came out about a year or so ago with a song. The name of the song is Sick Boy. And there's some lyrics in the song that came across that I just think really hit the nail on the head. Here it is. Feed yourself with my life's work. How many likes is my life worth? Feed yourself with my life's work. 
How many likes is my life worth? And I believe that's a question we often are asking indirectly, subconsciously. How many likes is my value, is my worth, is my sanity, is how I feel about myself worth? Because you, you know, you know, you posted this and you were proud of this post. You, you edited the picture and even though, you know, you did that thing where there's a no filter kind of thing. Yeah, we know. And, and so you got it just right and you took the picture like 50 times and you got it just right and then you posted it. And what? Only 50 likes? Because see, you're, you're social media stalking everybody else and you know how many likes they got on a similar pic. 300? Many times more than you got. 1,000? Are you kidding me? And so how many likes is your life worth? You start feeling bad about yourself, you know? And you know, you know, you got to know that what you see in social media is only what people want you to see. It's only what people let you see. Even for those, and I'm so sick of this kind of stuff, and I, it makes me want to unfollow everybody who does this kind of stuff. You know, it just says, here's the real meme. That's the hair don't care. <laughs> right. Even that, even that you signed off on. That's not the real you. You don't get the real. So isn't it crazy? Isn't it crazy how we, how we let this? How many lives is your life? How many likes is your life worth? You want to answer that question? How many likes is our life worth? I'll tell you this. You can't measure them with a like. The worth, the value is so much greater. I want to just propose something to you that we'll spend the rest of our time talking about and unpacking. And for some of you, this immediately is going to give you this euphoric, warm, fuzzy feeling, and you're going to love this. And for others of you, you're going to go, oh, that just sounds cheesy. It sounds kind of, I don't know about that. But just hang with me here. Here's what I want you to consider. God made me to be me. No more, no less. God made you to be you. No more, no less. There is no need comparing down because you're no more than you. You're no better than anybody else. And there's definitely no need to compare up. You're not less than anyone. You're no less than the me that God created you to be. God created me to be me. God created you to be you. No more, no less. Now, this is not just about self-love. This is not just about the power of positive thinking. This is about seeing you the way God sees you. This is about learning how to see yourself the way the one who created you sees you when he looks at you. God made me to be me. Okay, well, who is me? Who is I? Who am I? Who are we? However you want to ask the question. Well, to answer that, we have to go way back and consider the original design. The original design of when God first made human beings and they were first created. And we find this all the way back in the creation narrative. And this is how it's described. When God put human beings into existence. This is how it's described. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Now, if you're like me, and, and, and I, I tend to notice details, you may immediately be distracted by the, who's us? There's more than one? What is that? Okay, now just time out real quick. This is like a whole different deal for a whole different day. But here's just a little teaser of what this probably is referring to. It, it, it's what in church circles and Christian circles, we often have a word that we use to describe this called the Trinity, where God exists as Father, 
and Son and Holy Spirit all at the same time, forever. That's just who he is. And don't ask me to explain that. And don't ask anybody to explain that much further than that. Because it's just one of those mysteries of God. And so even the word God in the creation narrative is plural, Elohim. That's the, that's the Hebrew plural word for God. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's a, so that's where the us came from. But look at this. Let us make them in our image. In our image. What does it mean to be made in God's image? He defines it. To be like. To be like. So that's exactly what he did. Look at this. So God created human beings. In his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, this is true whether you believe in God or not. This is true whether you're a Christian or not. This is true whether you're religious or not. This is true if you're a human being, which all of us just happen to be. You are the image of God. You are the image of the divine. That is your foundational layer, your base layer. Underneath it all, you are the image of God. It doesn't matter what you've been told. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you feel at this point. Now, all of those things are significant, and they all come into play. But when it comes to identity... You, underneath it all, are the image of God. It is your truest essence. Or to borrow a phrase from culture, it is your deepest, truest self. Your deepest self. Your truest self. I don't care who you are. You are the image of God. Now, here's a philosophy shift for a lot of us. A theological shift for a lot of us. Do you know what this means? That our base layer, at the core of who we are, deep down, keep digging, deep down, deep down, who we really, really, really are is the image of God. Do you know what this means? That deep down, we are good. Because the image of God is good. In fact, when God created human beings, that's what he said. And he made Adam, and he said, that's good. And then he made Eve and said, that's very good. <laughs> I agree. Hello. Good. Very good. This is a shift. That's your foundational layer. That's your base layer. Now listen, I grew up in church circles where I was taught a different message. I was taught that deep down, my core being, I was a screwed up sinner. That deep down, you're a screw up. Deep down, you're a sinner. And God is angry and he's disappointed with you. Even though you're just two. Jesus loves me this, I know, but he's really mad at me because I stole a cookie. And that God is upset at you because you're a screwed up sinner and you're just six and you're just 14 trying to figure it out and you're just in your early 20s and God is constantly mad at you and thank God Jesus got in between you and God and he, no, 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 
know. Deep down, you are good. Now, it may be hard for some of you to receive that. And we'll talk about why in just a minute. But you need to let that sink in. I know what some of you are thinking. I know what some of you are thinking. Yeah, but what about sin? We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. But underneath all of that, underneath all of that, you are good. Well, I thought the heart was wicked and deceitful. And yeah, there's all kinds of things that get messed up along the way. Yes, I get it. There's all kinds of things that get tainted along the way. But underneath all of that, under to keep going, keep going, keep digging. And at the core of who you truly are, you're the image of God, which means, check this out, an image is like something. An image is not the same as something. It's not equal to something. It's just like something. I am not God. You're not God. We're not the same as God, but we are like God. Many ways we're like God. We have intellect because God has intellect. We have emotion because God is emotional. We have free will because God is free will. We can love because God loves us. I could go on and on and on and on. We are like God. So an image is like a picture of something. You are a picture of the divine. You're a picture of God. That's what it means to be in the image of God. And that's your true identity. Now hang with me for the next couple of minutes. That's your true identity. A lot of conversation nowadays about identity, isn't there? Let me clarify it for you. Let me tell you what your true identity is, and I don't even know all of you. Your true identity is that you're a picture of God. Your base layer, your base layer, your foundation, your core, your deepest self, your truest self, you are a picture of God, which means that identity, get this, is given to us by God. It is not assigned to us by other people. Be glad about that. That our true identity is given to us by God, the divine. And it's not even assigned to us by ourselves. It is given to us by God. So, you know what we need to do? We need to go beyond and start moving beyond all of the surface layer identifiers that we allow other people to place on us and that we place on ourselves. I'm talking about your true identity. So we need to look past all the other filters that we place on ourselves and that other people place on us, like who our family is, where we were born, what color our skin is, our gender, sexuality, success, failures, wins, losses. All of those other things have a place, and all of those other things are significant. I'm not saying they don't matter. I'm just saying it's not your true identity. doesn't matter what you want to identify your identity as. What your true identity is, is that you're a picture of God. It doesn't matter what people have told you you are. It doesn't matter what you feel you are. Who you truly are is a picture of God. Now that's a shift. That's a shift. Do you see why? It's just, it's almost comical and a little troubling, actually, 
why we would compare ourselves to each other. Why one image of God would compare itself to another image of God. Why one picture of God would compare itself to another picture of God. Let me ask you. You look at all the people. Who's the better picture of God? Do you want to be the judge of that? Do you want to put yourself as the image judge? 9.9, 10, 4. No. As image bearers of the divine, as pictures of God, our value is determined by the one who made us, not each other. Now hang with me. A few weeks ago, I came across something in my file, and I want to show you two pictures. On the far left, we have a picture drawn by my oldest daughter, Morgan, when she was around four. Over here, we have a picture drawn by our youngest daughter, Maggie, when she was about four. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're about four years apart. Because they're four years apart. My math is just amazing. <laughs> These are priceless images to me. You kind of feel it, don't you? Right? Because some of you have this internal, oh, Yeah. But, but here's the deal. Let me tell you why they're, they're so valuable to me. Do you know why they're valuable? Let me tell you why they're not valuable. They're not valuable to me because they're accurate depictions of what we actually look like. <laughs> As you can see over here, when Morgan first drew me, I was much shorter. <laughs> Had a killer tan. <laughs> oh, man. Now, by the time Maggie was drawing me, I'd lost a lot of hair. I had four left. <laughs> four left. Yeah. These are not accurate depictions of what they actually look like. Morgan didn't look like this. Not really. Maggie doesn't look like this. Not really. Now, can you imagine our little girls bringing those to Mommy and Daddy and we're going... This is not what we look like. Try again. It's unthinkable, isn't it? We don't even have a category for that. I mean, what the, you're talking about a colossal jerk. Who would do that? Nobody would. Because let me tell you why these are valuable. You know why these are valuable to me? Not because they're accurate depictions of that, my girl's identity. No, 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 no. It's because they're my girls. And you know where these went? On the fridge. For a long time, they went on, they went, went on the fridge until eventually you get so much stuff on the fridge, you know, you start cycling stuff out through the fridge. You've got a fridge full of this. They go on the fridge because they're my girls. Here's what you need to know. Your value, your worth. Your value and your worth is determined by your heavenly Father. You are who He says you are, and He says you're an image of Him. You are a picture of Him. Your value is not determined by how other people draw you. And your value, who you are, is not determined by how you've attempted to draw yourself. But there's good news. Either way, you're on the fridge. You say, well, I didn't even know God had a fridge. Oh, yeah. And it's big. And everybody's on the fringe.
Yeah, but you don't know what I've done. You're on the fridge. You, you don't know who I really am deep down. I'm miserable. You don't know, you don't know what's been done to me. You don't, you don't know what I've done to others. We'll get to all that. You're on the fridge. Everybody's on the fridge because everybody is created in the image of God and every one of us is a picture of the divine. That's who we really are. God made me to be me, no more, no less. God made you to be you, no more, no less. You say, what? but we look, we all look so different from each other. We all are all so different. How can that be? <gasps> maybe God's fridge is bigger than we thought it was. And maybe God is bigger than we thought he was. Now, let me get there. Let me, let me go there because some of you are about to suffocate with this thought right now. But what about sin, man? What about sin? What about sin? What about sin? Well, what about it? It's a mess, isn't it? And here's what we do. We cover up the image of God. We cover up the picture of God that we were created to be with all kinds of stuff with choices and behaviors and stuff and we mess it up and cover it up with pain and stuff from the past and worries about the future and words that other people speak into our lives that we believe they're lies but we believe them and so we layer that on top of the picture and that on top of the picture and then expectations that we place on ourselves and expectations that other people place on us and all of that stuff begins to cover it up till you get to a point to where who you truly are is so buried underneath all of that junk when people say things like, it's like I don't even know who I am anymore. That's an accurate depiction of reality for a lot of us. But who you really are is none of that stuff on top. Who you truly are is none of that stuff layering, covering up who you honestly are. You just haven't been living up to your original design. That's the deal. You, you need to have the original design refurbished and reconditioned and some things need to get repurposed in your life and so that you can uncover the beauty and the awesomeness of who God created you to be. You say, well, man, my life is a mess. I get it. Over 20 years ago, my wife and I had the, the privilege of moving into a very old house. And I love old stuff as long as it works. Right? Um, it's, and, and so it was built in the 1890s. Old. Old, old, old. We, we get into this house and, and we see carpet, but the carpet looks like it was the first carpet that ever has been made. <laughs> and we got the first run. And so it, it, it looked like it smelled like it. And so we <laughs> pulled that out. And when we pulled the carpet out, you know where this is going. Right? Do you know what we found? Walnut. Oh, yeah. Floors. I mean, like, floors that we would call today, that's from heaven. And you're going to pay a lot of money for that kind of... But see, back then, that's just what they had. Everybody put wood floors down because that's what you got, right? I mean, that's just, just what it is. You know, tile, what's... No, put tile, I got wood. Cut that tree down, Bob. Okay, here we go. Here we go. And somewhere in the 1920s, as I did my research, I realized, and some of you here probably know more about this than me, that the hip thing was to get a rug and put it in the middle of, the, of your hardwood floors and paint all the edges around it. You paint. It doesn't matter what color. It's paint on hardwood. 
And, and, and then I, I remember Donna and myself looking at each other and going, who did this and why? Who did this and why? Guys, listen. Underneath the really bad carpet of pain and past and shame and guilt and bad decisions by you and bad decisions by others and expectations and words and all of this stuff that's been layered on top of you, underneath all of that is this beautiful hardwood of truth that you are a picture of the divine. And if you get past the carpet and you get past all that paint that's been layered and all that junk and all that gunk, you keep peeling back the layers of anger and bitterness and, and blame and shame and guilt and control and all the stuff in the past and all the pride. And you get back all past all the addictions and all of the successes and all the failures and all the people pleasing and all of the all of the all of it. Yeah. Keep peeling back the layers. Keep peeling back the layers. And what you'll find is the picture of the divine image of God. And actually, I believe that's, that's really the work of redemption that Jesus came to start anyway. I, I think God looks at our lives and he looks at us and he goes, who put all that on you? Why cover up with all of this stuff? That anger, that doesn't look like me. Bitterness, no, that doesn't look like me. Control, that doesn't look like me. Shame and guilt, that doesn't look like me. All those expectations, that doesn't look like me. Let's get rid of all that stuff because you're a picture of me. You're a picture of the divine. I know, I know, I know what everybody says, but you're on my fridge. Look, you're on my fridge. I think God would look at us and say, come back. Come back to the me God created me to be. No more, no less. Come back. Come back. And I believe that's why Jesus came, is to help us come back to the me that God created us to be. That's the work of redemption. But Jesus came and he gave his life, he gave himself to help uncover and help us discover who God truly created us to be. Past all the sin, past all the issues, past all the stuff. That's the work of redemption, is to gradually help us uncover and discover who God created us to be. So here's the deal. If you're going to compare yourself to anybody, then what I'm getting ready to tell you you need to do is going to sound like drowning, but there's relief. Hold on. If you're going to compare yourself to anybody, you should compare yourself to Jesus. I told you, it kind of feels like drowning, right? Because, warning, you don't measure up. I don't measure up. Not to each other. We're already on the fridge. All of us are on the fridge. This is about how God created us to be and what God created us to become. Like his son. That's the work of redemption. And so if you're going to compare yourself to anybody, compare yourself to Jesus. Wait a second. I'm so far away from who Jesus is. Yes, that's why Jesus came. And that's what Jesus wants to do in your life. To help you uncover and discover who he created you to be. Jesus came to help you be the best me you can be. That he created you to be. The more like Jesus you become, the better version of you you'll become. Let me say it again. The more like Jesus you become, the better version of you you'll become. That's the work of redemption. You're a picture of God. 
You're an image of the divine underneath all of the stuff, underneath all of the layers, underneath all that junk and gunk. Peel it back, peel it back. Take some time because we're so used to it. Peel it back. Doesn't matter what they told you. Doesn't matter what you feel. The truth is, you're a picture of God. So I want to leave you with this question. Who else do you need to be than the me that God created you to be? Who else? Come on. Who else? Well, I really want to be like him. He's on the fridge. You're on the fridge. You're both on the fridge. Well, I just really want to be more like her. What did she's on the fridge too? You're on the fridge. This is pointless. We're wasting our time. Just get focused on Jesus, allowing him to help you discover and uncover who God created you to be more and more and more a reflection of the picture of the divine of God himself. You were created in the image of God. And it's like sin and all this other stuff just covers all that up. And Jesus came to say, we got to, we got to do a refurb in the world. We got to, we got to recondition here. We, we got to repurpose some stuff. We got to uncover some stuff. Because underneath all of this is something beautiful. And you need to see it. And you need to know it. And you need to live from that self. Live from that core. Now, does that mean anything goes and that everything's okay? No. Then you start asking yourself this. What's Jesus look like? Who's Jesus? What's Jesus like? And the more I become like him, the better version of me I will be. The me God created me. No need to compare. Down, up, side to side, doesn't matter. We're pictures of God. Can you join me in prayer? And I wanna invite you, maybe your prayer is like, wow, God, I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought I was just a bad guy. I thought I was just a screwed up girl. I was just a nasty sinner. I didn't know. Help me to receive who you created me to be. Father, thank you for clarifying. Thank you. May we be more concerned with who you say we are. What we feel like we are, what other people have told us we are or are not. Underneath all the layers, all the junk, all the stuff, we are pictures of you. Help us to keep our eyes on Jesus, knowing that the more clearly he is formed in our lives, the, the better version of ourselves that we were created to be will become. God, help me, help us. Keep our eyes on him. Keep our eyes on you so that we can discover more than ever who you say we are and live from that center. And may we be very careful not to unnecessarily complicate this and cover up and mess up and layer up what you so purely have created. In Jesus' name, amen.